T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And my son tried to interrupt my interview, so I'm glad to hop in with you guys. I like him already. He said, Daddy, give me some attention. The hell with them. <laughs> How old is he? He's he's two and a half. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He's trouble, too. And I'm sure he was behaving until the phone rang. I've had exactly. that problem. Like, Daddy has a phone call. I need you to be quiet in five minutes. And they're <laughs> quiet. And then I get on the phone, and then they need everything. The bathroom, a drink. They want to go outside. They're sometimes they're just evil, but they're also <laughs> but they're also awesome. Evil, yeah. I mean, in the, in the best possible way, oh, okay. they can get you. Mm-hmm. Eric, so is he the only, is he your only kid? No, I have uh, I have. He's my youngest. Then I have two girls who are five and eight. Does the eight year old care that you like? Does she think it's cool what your job is yet? Oh, she doesn't care at all. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> kind of waiting on that too. I've got six and three. And the six-year-old kind of at times thinks it's fun, but really not anywhere near what I'm, what I'm hoping for. And you do what again, Daddy? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was cool when I played football, but now it's just like, oh, you just talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> That's not cool. Hey, tell her that, that talking about it still pays for your clothes and that food that goes in your mouth, right? Exactly. So <laughs> how are you, uh, you? You've done some work for the Jets, of course, and, and now you're going to do some work for CBS Sports. And do some sideline work, I believe, uh, to start with. And your first foray into the sideline stuff? Yes, it is. You know, and, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, and it was kind of funny because before uh, CBS approached me with the sideline role, I, I had the opportunity to be a sideline reporter for the Boomer Esiason game. Um, for the Boomer Esiason Foundation game, is New York City versus Long Island High School All-Star game. And it's on CBS Sports. And, uh, it, and it was an awesome experience. I got to interview the players in the sidelines after they scored, uh, you know, give some great interviews and just, you know, show my personality. So it was a good introduction to, to the sideline reporting, and, and I'm very excited to, to be doing it with CBS. See, you hear that? Uh, sorry, dog, that won't wag his own tail. I, I did some great interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spoken it, like a, it, a defensive back. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a jump when the, when the, the kid from Canarsie High School becomes Nick Saban and he's angry over a bad first half. Just be careful with your questions as you're walking off the field. Um, how is it, is it weird still, Eric, to, to be on the other side of things now from going from playing to, to talking to the players and coaches? Yeah, you know, it can be, you know, especially after, you know, being on SNY, you know, the Jets haven't been the most successful team the last couple of years. Hmm. And sometimes you have to be critical of the guys. And, you know, I, what I try to do, I always tell people, is I try to be critical of their actions and not them personally. And that really, you know, the players respect that. You know, I'm around the players a lot. And uh, so, so that in that sense, it's, it's getting better. But it, it is hard. Just, you know, you're used to preparing for a game for you to go out there and play, not studying, you know, other people's tendencies to just talk about them. So uh, it, it's, a good, it's a good aspect. You know, as, a, as defensive players, linebackers, and safeties, we have to do all the communicating and all the studying and talking anyway. So it's, I think it's a, a smooth transition over to, to talking about it 
uh, on the television side. Uh, so let's pretend you're at Jets camp yesterday for CBS Sports, uh, and Christian Hackenberg just got kicked off the field for breaking the huddle wrong twice. <laughs> what's 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 going through your head after that? Oh man, that, that has to be. I mean, it has to be a sign of some things that were that that he's not really coming along as fast as they want him to, uh, or maybe taking it as serious as, as the team wants him to. Uh, but you know, I, I was at that scrimmage on Saturday night. And, you know, he, Christian Hackenberg looks like he's progressing. You know, last year when I watched him in training camp, I had to kind of grimace a little bit because of how the ball was coming off his hands. He was throwing the ball hard, but it was nowhere near where he was trying to throw it. And, and he's getting more accurate. He's getting more composed. And I think that, um, you know, he's going to progress. I, I don't know if he's going to be the starter or if he's going to be that, that quarterback who they can lean on. But I, I think he's, he's making strides and working in that direction. So, Eric – in all the years you've been around football, have you ever seen a quarterback told go to the sideline because you don't know how to break the huddle correctly? <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> never. I've, I've never really seen a quarterback uh, get embarrassed like that in front right. of the team. You know, they always kind of hold them in high regard and, yeah. and, and have them as, in that lead position. But for them to be – to kick them all out of practice, <laughs> they have to be pretty frustrated with his progress. So uh, that's never a good sign if you're, if you're trying to move forward with him as your leader, your team. Uh, getting kicked off the field. So they've, they've got a long way to go. Uh, I guess one more Jet question, and then we'll get to college football. Why does Sheldon Richardson still fighting Brandon Marshall? What's he getting out of the back and forth still in the media now? Because, <laughs> you know, Sheldon is a – he's never going to back down from any challenge. And, you know, and I think what happened last year in the locker room, uh, Brandon – you know Brandon. He's, he's on television. He has his own – he had his own, his own show, um, you know, always in the media – and it comes to the point sometimes where you're, you're a big money player, you're getting paid a, a ton of money, uh, you're always in front of the media, and when it's time to deliver, if you don't deliver, then the guys on the other side of the, of the ball are going to get frustrated, especially if you're always in front of the camera. So I think it was a, a long time coming. That, that, that beef had built up over, uh, over a couple of months, and, you know, and then when Sheldon got in trouble with the Snapchat, uh, and Brandon kind of embarrassed him a little bit. I, I think that things over, you know, they overflowed a little bit. And, and it's definitely personal. I, I don't know if they've come to blows or anything, but <laughs> now they're on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the tracks, and that that beef is going to continue. Well, Sheldon Richardson needs to worry about Sheldon Richardson uh, because uh, he's a malcontent and can't keep his nose clean. One last question, officially now about the Jets, because I've reported on the show a couple weeks ago that this coaching staff they were very optimistic about this nondescript roster that they have before them. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, their, their chances this year, at least being 500? I, I think the, the chances of them being 500 are, are, are very slim. You know, I picked them to win five or six games, and that's just based off the fact of, of on defense, they have a lot of talent, they're young, and they're going to give maximum effort. You know, I, I think sometimes when you're a younger team, you don't know going into a situation that, you know what, we should probably lose this game. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, this team is better than us on paper. Uh, when you're young, you just go. And, and that's what kind of guys they have. I mean, you, you saw Jamal Adams, you know, making statements in the media about how much he loves the game of football. But when you watch him practice, you can really see his passion for the game. You know, he's a young guy who comes in and, and he's yelling at everyone. He's, he's calling out plays. He's, he's leading. He's telling guys where to get lined up. And those are the kind of players that you need if you're going to win games. So I, I think defensively, they have, they have room for optimism. You know, I think they should be excited about what their team has to, is going to put on the field. But offensively, 
you, you know, you look at the wide receiver core, and they just lost Quincy Anunua in, in the scrimmage. And before that, it was kind of like, okay, there's Quincy and who else? Who else is going to step up and be that receiver? So now they have a, a whole receiving core who they have question marks about, and also a quarterback. So uh, it's, they're in a tough position. You know, if they can find some, some key components, you know, through free agency or, or someone emerges as a, as a star player, then that would be great. But defensively, they have room for optimism. Offensively, it's going to be. That is, uh, uh, Quincy is Chauncey on this show, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> that's, All right. That's how excited I am about the Jets. I called him Chauncey before, so they had problems in my head before the injury. Uh, Eric Coleman's with us here, brand new member of the CBS Sports family, college football analyst, uh, as the new season inches ever so closer. Uh, Eric, we, this week, Greg Schiano said his current Ohio State defensive line was better than the one he had with the Buccaneers in 2012 and 13. Um, and to no disrespect to those Buckeyes who may be really good NFL players, they're not in the NFL just yet. Uh, why do seemingly smart people keep making comparisons between college football and, and the NFL? I don't know. I, and I never got that. You know, you, you're talking about, you know, some, some boys. <laughs> some yeah. boys, you know, who maybe they will develop into great players one day. But there's no way that in college that they're better than anyone in the NFL right now. You know, you, you might have you – know, when you had Joey Bosa, when he was playing, like, yeah, he's going to be a great player. But as a unit, I mean, these guys in the NFL, you know, the work they put in, the, the technique, uh, the, the strength that you get, that you acquire is just being a grown man. Uh, th- there's no way that, that the Ohio State defensive line is better than any of the defensive lines he's coached in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a way for him to pump up his team to, to give some confidence to his defensive line. But, you know, I think he went about it in the wrong way. Yeah, he, he can be confident in him, but stop lying. Uh, exactly. let, let's, <laughs> exactly. let, let's talk about your Washington State Cougars, man, uh, because uh, eight and five a season ago, uh, some, some big wins, and they did something they haven't been able to do, and that's uh, really under Mike Leach, which is run the ball. How excited mm-hmm. are you about uh, the Cougars, especially with Luke Folk? Uh, Falk coming back at, at quarterback, one of the best in the game. I'm very excited about him. I mean, you know, you, you start off with Luke Falk, who's, you know, one of the, the most prolific passers in college football right now, uh, coming back for another year. And, and when you talk to Luke Falk, he's, he's like talking to Mike Leach on the field, as strange as that is. You know, everyone knows how, how – That's um, strange. <laughs> yeah, how different of a personality – uh, Coach Leach is, but you know, very intelligent guy. Uh, Luke Falk is a, is a great leader for that offense, and the offensive line is what I'm excited about. You know, Cody O'Connell, you know, All American guard. Oof. I mean, this guy is six eight, about three sixty. Uh, what they call him, county or continent the, or something? Yeah, the, the, the continent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, that unit has another year together uh, to grow, uh, and then and then that running game, as you as you mentioned, you know, the running game, Jamal Morrow, um, James Williams, and Gerard Wicks. You know, those are three running backs who, who offer three different things on the field. I, I think James Williams is probably the most diverse. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. Uh, you know, Wicks is a guy who's a power back. And Morrow is like your return man. He's the scat back who fits perfectly in that offense. So uh, it, it was great once you saw Washington State establish the run last year uh, because early in the season you saw teams rushing three and dropping eight in the coverage, and it was giving Luke Falks all kinds of problems. But once they were able to establish that run, it made the defense commit more defenders to the box and, and created more one-on-one situations on the outside and allowed Luke Falk to, to take advantage. So uh, I think if they can run the ball, they can still be a run-first offense 
as, as crazy as that sounds in that air raid offense, if they can continue to run the ball well, they'll have a lot of success in the Pac-12. Can they win the North? I, I, I think they can. I, I, I really do. I think they can. It's going to be tough. You know, University of Washington is a, is, a, is a very good football team. They have a great defense, some great defensive backs. Uh, you know, Oregon is always, <laughs> is always going to be a competitor up there. But, um, you know, I think it's definitely a possibility if they execute well on offense and that defense continues to grow. You know, I think that they have some youth. They had some youth last year in the secondary. Uh, you know, you know how the, the, the secondaries are. It's all about chemistry, and, and, and hopefully they can grow and continue to, to blossom and, and not give up so many big plays. I think they'll they'll have some success. And and don't forget about Stanford, who they did defeat a season ago. But Stanford's looking good this year, and 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 you mentioned Washington and Oregon would be better than they were uh, 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 last year as well. Who else are you looking out for? Of course, preseason polls are out, and I had to submit mine yesterday. Today, Alabama, number one, even though they've got a lot of holes to fill on the defensive side of the ball, but they feel them better than anyone. Then I have Ohio State. Oklahoma's in my my top five. uh, And I think just outside of it is Clemson, the reigning uh, national champions. How do you see it? Um, You know, know, I think you have it about right. You know, I I do like Oklahoma, you know, with them bringing back their quarterback. Um, you know, Alabama's always going to be at the top. Yeah. I think USC is going to be a, a solid team. You know, I'm a West Coast guy, so yeah. I'm going to always show love to those guys. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think your, your top five, was you had it about right. You know, this is going to be a very competitive college football season. I, I'm really excited to be a part of it and, and to talk talk about it and, and uh, to watch these, these teams grow and mature. You know, it, it's so tough I mean, when you talk about, you know, these teams in these, in these power conferences. Uh, you know, they just beat each other up. So if you can survive your conference, it's, it's going to say it's saying a lot about what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about coming out of the the Pac-12 or the the, the ACC or, or the SEC. You know, if you can, you know, I like Georgia. Georgia is another team. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought this popped into my head. Georgia is a team where I think is going to compete uh, as well. So yeah, I like Georgia. I like Auburn, and uh, I got some surprises as far as my my college football uh, playoffs. The, the the four I, I got some good surprises like I do each and every year so I'm I'm gonna jinx another team I can't share it now <laughs> so you have to wait till we have our preseason uh, preview shows oh here you're holding we'll, it for TV oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta oh how fancy of you <laughs> but I've got some, I got some oh you want to know right now yeah well, I'm not afraid to tell you right now my college football four are Auburn mm-hmm. Penn State uh huh Florida State okay and Oklahoma whoa nice. you forgot to say Alabama. Want to hear it again? Yeah. Auburn, uh-huh. Florida State, right. Penn State, uh-huh. and Oklahoma. You know you're saying Auburn, right? Auburn? Wow. Boy, <laughs> gosh. Chauncey is Auburn, okay? <laughs> I can have a quarterback, Jared Stidham. He's going to be able to hit wide receivers that they couldn't hit a season ago. Did yeah. Alabama disband football this year? Is no, that like, okay. no. They're going right. to be in the mix. But that's my four. Everyone else can have their four, okay? Mine. I'm jinxing. Who did I jinx? I jinxed Tennessee last year, and I guess I'm going to jinx Auburn and Penn State this year. You want to take this one, Eric, or you want to just go back to bed? I mean, to me, like you can pick Alabama and then mess around with the other three. Why? You, you pick Alabama. Guy. I just did. I did. Thank I you. Did. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can, I can see that. You know, it's, it's a tough conference. You know, Alabama always has that bullseye on their back, and they're going to get everyone's best game, as, as they always say. And, you know, they're like the Patriots, where they play so many extra games, mm-hmm. so many more games than everybody else. 
that at some point is going to catch up to them. So maybe this is the year. And, and I, I probably will have Alabama favored in that first game versus Florida State, but Florida State can overcome that, just like Alabama's been able to overcome a loss. Clemson was able to overcome a loss to Pitt a year ago in the middle of the season, the middle to late uh, part of the season. So I think the same thing can happen to Florida State if they are to lose that first ball game. Hey, Eric, before we let you go, we have, uh, one more NFL question. Jay Cutler comes back. Signs with the Dolphins, says he's not really in great shape. And being a quarterback, <laughs> you don't have to be in great shape. I would differ somewhat. You got to have some pretty, have to be in pretty good shape. Absolutely. I mean, that arm has to be in shape, your legs. You know, you, you've got to be in tip top shape to, to come into this league and perform at any position. You know, so, so it's, uh, it's funny. I, I questioned whether he was just kind of sitting around and, uh, and thinking like, man, ten million dollars. I can't make ten million dollars doing anything else. Yeah. I might as well go play football. <laughs> that's how it is in my imagination. That's how I picture the negotiations going down. But you know, I mean, everyone knows that Jay Cutler has a great arm. You know, he's not the best decision maker, and he kind of he kind of comes off as being a guy who doesn't really care sometimes. But I really do think he wants to be a good football player and and. For the sake of the Dolphins, who have a, a very good football team, I hope he comes in and, and leads and, and, and helps them win some games. Eric, again, welcome to the family. Congrats uh, on the new gig, and good luck during this uh, the coming season. I'm sure we'll talk to you again down the road. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, my man. Eric Coleman, nine-year NFL vet, now doing uh, the better work on the other side of the microphone. That's the place oh, to damn, be. I'm going to have to take him out, man. He sound too good. Part of the college... <laughs> <laughs> call one of my boys go see him uh, there you are again the show began with Maim him a little bit teaching us how to cheat with honor <laughs> and now we're killing competition yes whatever it takes baby <laughs> hold on for a couple more years Eric uh, Mikey tell Eric to watch his back <laughs> you better make sure he always knows where the exit is when he's at a restaurant <laughs> Nick Faldo, I, I don't think, is after a college football oh, gig, cool, so he cool. is safe to appear yes. on this show in about 20 minutes. I've had breakfast with Nick. Nick's a good dude, man. Good stories. I'm sure he's not going to remember that. No, he probably won't. That's it, all right. I remember. In between now and then, we will get an update from Darwin Zook. We still have not touched on David Griffin and Kyrie Irving, the former Cavs GM, complimentary of the possibly soon to be former Cavalier point guard. So go nowhere. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We've got Guns and Roses tickets. Listen to Tiki and Tierney for your chance to win right here on CBS Sports Radio. Darwin said uh, his appearance on Love in the Wild might have sailed off into the ether, but nope. Nope, nope, I nope, hoped nope, it nope. had. He's over there in my hunting grounds, man. <laughs> Come on, you poacher. <laughs> Brian definitely... You're in a tree to mark his territory, and you guys ignored it. So here's a little, little sample of Darwin Zook on Love in the Wild. Jason was able to dive down, and I thought, oh, God, what's the luck right now? Because while I'm good at other things, athletically swimming is not one of them. It was a little awkward not being able to impress the girl the way I had expected to. The helium challenge yeah. was going on. Yeah, that, Jason, Jason was able to dive down, and I was very impressed <laughs> with the conch shell he brought to surface. I am not a swimmer. <laughs> what, what was that? Had they not dropped yet? I, what? What's the deal? I don't know. Dr. Pole, get a hold of you. A few you, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they they modulated me. What did you? They find it on YouTube. How that happened? Yeah. 
We'll blame the I transmission. The something. Yeah, low, low bandwidth. It was a little awkward not being able to impress the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've known Dor- I've known Doran since 1999, yeah. and your voice has never sounded like that. So I'm going to be pulled n- off the radio right now. The boss is coming in. Well, the Yankees knocked off the Red Sox yeah. last night. The one thing I can't do is swim. Oh man! That's Please tell bad. me you didn't get the girl. Uh. They probably yeah. left your ass in the wild. <laughs> We're going to let him grow a pair. You need to sit here in the woods you, for a minute. When I got teased after the show, I used to, you know, try and justify how it went wrong or how we lost. Now I just take the medicine. There's no, there's no reason anymore to try and explain it away. You just say, yes, however it comes at you. So. It was a little awkward. <laughs> it was a little awkward. <laughs> I can see... Brittany being like, you know, Darwin's a good guy, but that voice is... <laughs> Come on, baby. I'm going to give it to you. Come on. Oh, man. Take that. Take that. Well, <laughs> keep your big boy voice <laughs> and do your update. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, sports is brought to you by the National Association of Realtors. Hopefully, they're still a sponsor after I'm... <laughs> Whether you're buying or selling, get every advantage you can, get Realtor. As the guys will get into shortly, Mike Trout started off his birthday by having trash dumped on him. They'll explain that. But he celebrated in a better way on the field against the Orioles. Here's the next pitch. And that one is lifted high and deep. This one looks fair this time. It's the foul pole. Home run. Out of here, Mike Trout on his birthday. Terry Smith, Angels Radio Network there. The fourth time in his career, Trout has homered on his birthday. And earlier in the game, he also collected his 1,000th career hit. The Angels lost the game, though, to the Orioles 6-2. Manny Machado with a grand slam. Bryce Harper's career path continues to mirror Trout, almost eerily so. Harper blasted his 150th career homer in the Nationals' 3-2 win over the Marlins. Harper hit 150 at the exact same age to the day that Trout hit his 150th, 24 years old, 295 days. Javier Baez and inside the park homer as the Cubs took out the Giants 5-3. The Cubs increased their NL Central lead over the Brewers to one and a half games. Milwaukee fell to the Twins 5-4. The Cardinals got back to the 500 mark for the first time since early June. They crushed the Royals 11-3. And Trevor Williams, a stellar effort. He allowed just one hit in seven innings as the Pirates blanked the Tigers 3-0. NFL News, veteran corner cornerback Brandon Flowers expected to announce his retirement later on today. And former Jaguars offensive tackle Brandon Albert, who retired just a week ago after nine seasons, he apparently now wants to come back. Albert reportedly informed the team he wants to return, but no decision has been made as of yet. And as you guys talked about earlier, Johnny Manziel says if he can make it back to the NFL, if he can't make it back to the NFL, he'll be interested in becoming a college coach. And in golf, PGA Championship gets underway uh, Thursday at Quail Hollow in North Carolina. You can, of course, watch the final two rounds on CBS. Starting in 2019, some changes. Golf's final major will become golf's second major. The tournament will be moved to May, played about a month after the Masters. And finally, one NBA note, T-Wolves owner Glenn Taylor said that he's willing to give his young star Andrew Wiggins a max-level extension of his rookie contract worth $150 million. But first, he wants to sit down with Wiggins and make sure he's committed to the long-term future of the team. Back to you guys. Oh, What's the luck right now? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I thought it was going to come in the middle. The, you guys showed a little mercy on me. Thank you. Gosh, that was a good report. It's going to be Andrew Wiggins <laughs> and his meat. Oh, gosh, thank you for the max deal, sir. I thought you sounded 
sounded great. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. What's the luck right now? <laughs> if you listen to her after, by the way, her voice sounds a bit odd, too. It, it so, yeah, I would agree. I, it's a little yes. bit the... Uh, but she's not here. Exactly. You are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm going to blame the sound text on Love, love in the yes, Wild. Yes. While, while Darwin was uh, doing the update, I'm watching live footage of Jay Cutler stretching at Dolphin Training Camp, and I'm going to create controversy and say that Matt Moore and Jay Cutler have not made eye contact yet in the last two minutes. So stretching. now They're stretching. Matt Moore's looking back through his legs, but Jay Cutler's not looking. I, I, they don't need ice. to make eye contact or stretching. Ice. Ice. Your video's playing, Brian. Oh. Yeah, Stop playing okay. video. <laughs> I don't think your computer's voice activated. Turn off. <laughs> well, we were lucky that's what was playing and not <laughs> anything man, unnecessary. What? Man, I don't have anything unnecessary on my, my uh, deal. Thanks, uh, Darwin Suck. Yeah, that Mike, the Mike Trout thing that Darwin mentioned. Um, the ritual pass. of dumping yeah. the... What they put flour well, they, and syrup first and chocolate? First, it's eggs to create a base, so everything sticks. Oh, okay. Then flour. There were two different colors of like Slurpees. There was coffee creamer, Ooh. water, ice. And this was bef- after this was the game. After the game. Yeah. I was, yeah. Well, how do you expect you to see if you do that before? Anyway, okay. Yeah, no, it's not before. They're mm. at least smart enough to wait till after the game. And the food looks good, doesn't it? I, but see, my fear is when you start mixing things, they can become things they're not supposed to. Like someone's like a chemical burn from all these things being dumped on top of their head. It's hmm. a stupid thing. You think it's stupid? It's stupid. Yeah. Stupid. It's stupid. So you wouldn't enjoy it? If no, we, no. We should do it to you. I'll tell you what, though. If the Jets... Should I finish this thought? If the Jets somehow mm-hmm. finish at 500 or better, so they just got to... If they get to eight wins... Yeah. You can do that to me. You got it. Got it on tape. Yeah. We got it recorded. Mar- I got that. Mark it. Yeah. 831 Eastern Time. On whatever today's date is. All right. The year of our Lord 2017. They're, oh, they're Jay Cutler just pulled a hammy doing high knees. Oh, and Matt Moore's just- laughing. I'm joking. <laughs> Matt Moore's pointing and laughing. <laughs> he can barely raise his legs. Look. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. They went right past each other. In line. You don't speak to each other. No fist bump, no little nod of the head. How you doing, Matt? Like the hotel last night? Look at that. Wow. You are terrible. That is pure hate. (laughs) That's Biseglia Brian Jones level disregard. BFFs. Who? Me and Brian. Brian and I. Yeah? Your thoughts, Brian. Good point. So David Griffin, the former Cavaliers GM, uh, is actually calling Kyrie Irving courageous for going to Dan Gilbert and voicing uh, his desire to be traded. Now, I, I actually don't disagree with that point. It's better to be honest, and if you want to be out, be out and say it, uh, and don't go to the media. Just you know, do it in private and hope yeah. it comes to fruition. But I still don't understand Kyrie Irving's desire to not be LeBron's teammate. So he could be create courageous in one way, but to me, he's also being stupid. Well... Griffin's comments, and he couched them in this way, saying the guy wants to go out and and realize who he is. What he realized who he was without LeBron his first three years in the league there at Cleveland, and now he's gone to three straight finals with LeBron. Lost the first one; he he was actually injured uh, in that one, and and you win one, and then you lose. Uh, this this last one. So now you want to go out and 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 spread your wings and and if you want to be successful in this league, as we found out, not just these last few years throughout the uh, the history of the league, you got to hit your wagon to other superstars. 
and maybe not three or four like they have there at Golden State, but there's got to be a you, you, there's got to be some other cats who can ball on your level for you to realize uh, another championship season. So I, I don't know. It, yes, LeBron cast a huge shadow. We know that. That's a given. You still get your just due, man. You're still being noticed. You're still being recognized. Everyone treats you in the manner in which you deserve to be treated because you are a superstar in your own right. So I don't get this. There has to be more to this story. And and Griffin is correct that it's better for you to go and tell the owner instead of being there all part of this team and being miserable. If if that's possible, you're being miserable on your way to another opportunity potentially to play for a, a championship so if that's miserable sign me up yeah but we're not there behind the scenes we don't know what type of relationship he has with LeBron but LeBron is going to be the the, the big dog that's just the way it's going to be until he retires now the newsiest thing from David Griffin on ESPN yesterday was that the Celtics are on Kyrie's wish list and again um, newsflash, you, you don't want to play under LeBron. You go to Boston, Isaiah Thomas, the city is in love with him right now, and they just obviously brought in Gordon Heward. Uh, a white small forward in Boston is going to be fairly popular as well. So, I mean... <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, what does Kyle so have to do where's, with where's, <laughs> where's Kyrie going with this? I mean, he wants to wants his own thing, but he's not asking to go right. to, you know, someplace where he's going to he's gonna be the number one guy except for the Knicks, but then he's going to go be number one Phoenix? on a terrible team. Not even the Knicks, because of Porzingis. Right. I mean, I just, it doesn't make any, any right. sense. I, I'm with you. I, I don't get it. That's why there has to be more to this story, and maybe there is a rift uh, in, in this relationship with uh, LeBron. Yeah, maybe he's always singing and it's just he's had enough. <laughs> like, dude, shut up with the meek mail. <laughs> Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to help you choose the brakes that are an exact fit for your vehicle. Brands you trust like Brake Best and Wagner Thermal Quiet. O'Reilly Auto Parts has the brake parts you need at guaranteed low prices. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Nick Faldo is next on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> How you doing, sir, Nick Faldo? I'm good. I'm alive and kicking. How you doing? I am doing well. Uh, Nick, we should ask you this. It seems to make sense to us, but what do we know? You certainly know better. The move of the PGA Championship reportedly uh, up to May. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, it's going to condense the season. Um, you know, the, probably the players will go to March. So we'll have the players in March. Obviously, Augusta. April, PGA May, U.S. Open June, and, and the Open July, and then the FedEx Cup. I think they're going to bring the FedEx Cup forward as well. So we'll all be wrapped up before um, before NFL starts. You know, then, and then there will still be obviously other golf events going on after that. It could be a season, but I think the guys, I think the guys might like that because it means um, you know you base yourself in America and you're going to play the whole summer and play from March right the way through to end of, of August. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be pretty good. It'd be pretty challenging, but I, it, it would be a good move to compact it all and so everybody can so we can really you know, make golf the, you know, one of the, the summer main summer events. No, Nick, will it be a detriment to the other tournaments around that time that have been very popular? Will there be guys who are getting ready for and now would, would be the, the the second major and 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 so they're going to opt out of tournaments they would uh, normally p- participate in? I think it, I, no, I think it, 
yeah, there'll be a bit of a shuffle with some events. I mean, um, but no, I think the better players that will like that because you know you'll you'll make camp here in America and then you obviously go over for the our Open Championship. So, but generally, and then they go off and travel the rest of the world. I mean, that's what they do. Um, I think the European Tour will probably won't like it a little bit because um, you know they have we have a good run through the summer as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be a bit of a scramble there. But bottom line is there's going to be an awful lot of good golf from literally from March 1 to to uh, September the 1st. So I thought it's going to be pretty darn, pretty cool. Nick, they made a, uh, a number of changes to Quail Hollow since the last time a regular PGA event was there in, in 2016. What's uh, your first impressions of the new setup and how much tougher might uh, this weekend be than the, the Wells Fargo Championship? Yeah, I, I yeah I haven't actually seen the full setup. Yeah, I'm, uh, but I've you know I've read about it, heard about it. Um, you know, the first is now going to be par four, five hundred and twenty-four yards. So that's a bit of a you know, a bit of a shock opener. So you better be prepared for that one. Yeah, and the real bottom line is, especially this time of year, they already have. I think we might have five or six par fours over five hundred yards. Um, Obviously, there's a couple of par fives you can reach. There's a couple of par fours you can even reach if you if they set it up that way. So, obviously, we're all in agreement. Driving is absolutely paramount, um, and many of the best players in the world, have, you know, they played last week. They're driving well. Obviously, Roy's driving was exceptional. Uh, plenty of guys can bust it out there. You know, 320 plus. So. Uh, the good, good point is that about a dozen guys playing well. Um, you know, Jordan is on a, he's trying to a historic run. As I said, Roy, Ricky played well. Dustin was playing well. John Rahm. Jimmy uh, uh, Walker even defending. Yeah, the bottom line is uh, we've got a good dozen guys playing really well right now. But it'll be a long, tough course. Hot and humid. Thunderstorms probably every day. So... Maybe a few issues to get through, but if he plays really long, well, then it will be a brute. Well, of the week. Speaking of hitting it long, Dustin Johnson, 439 on a par 516th at Firestone. You ever seen anything uh, like that? That's that, that downhill with a lot of roll. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just, you just got to hit a top spin lob. You know, one of those famous Beyond Ball top spin lobs at the top of the hill. It runs all the way. No, yeah, 16 was, was crazy fun. Um, then they could try to go for it. But, yeah, um, no, it's more impressive was Rory hitting driver everywhere. They, they hit driver on one, and they hit it on 17, which we never used to uh, moons ago. And they and he hit literally every drive over 300, literally every one. So his driving stats were – that's the way the game is. That's, that's the, the guys are fitter, they're stronger, and the equipment is all designed that way now. So, um that you gotta have it. You gotta have a you gotta have a pocket rocket in you. <laughs> a pocket rocket. Speaking to Nick Faldo, CBS Sports Golf analyst, a champion in, in his own right here on CBS Sports Radio, Geo and Jones. Now, Rory, uh, you mentioned he's playing pretty well. He fires his caddy. Uh, how big of a shakeup is that, really? Uh, Milkerson earlier, too, uh, he separated from his longtime uh, caddy. Uh, is that a shock to the system, or sometimes is this, this is necessary to, to, to get the, yeah. the, the golfer motivated or going in a different direction? 
Yeah, it, it was like a breath of fresh air in a way. I mean, I thought he handled it really gentlemanly. I mean, he said, hey, the JP's been a great mate of mine for 10 years. I was starting to treat him badly. I didn't want to blame stuff on him. Uh, and he said, hey, you take you take responsibility. When you've got the yardage grip in your hand, you start looking at the shots. You pay a bit more attention to everything. You start going, you know, what if, what have I got to do? And what's another, you know, not just, not just picking the club, you know, where it's going to land how it's going to react on the green. You've got to take responsibility for everything. Not than asking somebody and they give you an answer and then they find it wrong. Well, as you know, you, you'll learn more if you're doing more yourself. So he's got his best mate on the back. It's not like he, you know, picked up a guy out of the bushes like we used to moons ago. So, um, no, I think that was all good. That was all fine. Phil was another amazing story. You know, to, uh, you know Bones was... I mean, maybe there was just too much talk going on there. And Phil, you know, so, hey, yeah, we, it's, sometimes these things happen, but, you know, Rory handled it very well, I thought. Nick, we know you're busy, so we'll let you run. Thank you so much for the time to talk to you. It was an honor. Right. Enjoy the golf this weekend. All right, thanks a lot, gang. Cheers, uh, Tell Tell Leslie Ann I said hi. All right, sure, sure will. Thanks. All right, thanks, Nick. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. There is uh, Sir Nick Faldo, six-time major champ, three Open Championships, three Masters, and of course the lead CBS golf analyst. The PGA Championship begins on Thursday. Uh, Third and final round coverage begins Saturday at 2 Eastern uh, with Mr. Nance and Faldo in charge. So where do you want to begin? Pocket Rocket or somewhere else? <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't know that was uh, a golf term. I didn't either. Well, good for uh, those guys yeah, that they man. have them on the course. You would have think that would be against the rules, but <laughs> what do I know? True. I've been saying that for a while. No, you know a lot, dog. Yeah. Pocket I didn't, Rocket. I didn't know that. But, I mean, Justin, uh, Dustin Johnson, 439. Chauncey. Yeah, Chauncey Johnson. Johnson. Uh, You get some roll, but, man, you're talking about blasting. I I don't even think those uh, longest drive dudes hit it that far, do they? Oh, you know what? I was one of those – one of our TVs was on that overnight one time. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. And there was a dude who might have been 5'8", 245, and he was just solid circular muscle. The brother. Yes. He was blasting it. And he had this ridiculous amount of torque on his swing and this big, like, finish. I mean, it was – it also had some carry and some roll to it. But, yeah, it was definitely over 400 yards, no doubt. It's amazing. Man, that was impressive. And in these – Golfers today, the way they blast the the, the ball down uh, these, these fairways, and Spieth is not as long a hitter as some of these other guys, but yet he's just steady Eddie and and can put his you know what off, and and that's why he's winning these golf course uh, winning these golf tournaments. Yeah, um, Roy McIlroy came up more than once in that conversation with Nick Faldo has had tremendous success at this course. He's won multiple times. Uh, other top ten finishes at Quail Hollow, which normally hosts the Wells Fargo Open Championship Classic, whatever it's called. Uh, so Rory's got to be one of the the front runners this week. Plus, he played fairly well last weekend at Bridgestone. But as I mentioned to to Faldo, I end up thinking way too much about logistics sometimes. But basically, at the end of the Wells Fargo last year in 2016, no joke, as the final group on Sunday teed off on one and began their round, Cruz came in behind them and started taking down the course because they were doing so much. They did, like, years of work in 20 months 
then they still don't really know, know how they did it. Uh, but they changed one and two. They changed eleven. Um, they, it's just it's a different course, and we'll see how it plays out when you factor in the weather as well. Uh, but as always, they need to make things tougher than a normal event, and that's what they had to do uh, at Quail Hall to get it ready for the PGA this week. And last year it was here at Baltus Raw, and having been in that rough, you know you're going to have uh, a couple weeks ago when I played in a, a charity event out there, you know the rough is going to be high and it'll be difficult if you, you get, out of the, get out of your lane. Uh, but it should be uh, another cool major, and, and we'll see if Jordan Smith can – Jordan Smith. Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Can go back to back. Chauncey, Justin uh, Chauncey Anunua, Anunua, and, and Jordan Smith. Yeah, wow, you bringing me down, man. Listen, at least you didn't say it to Nick Faldo. Yeah. <laughs> so, your thoughts on Jordan Smith this weekend? Could he win? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? She is. Speaking of golf and events, um, according to your Facebook page. I'm going another year without an official invite to the Brian Jones Classic. That was your invite. I want to come and support the the well, youth of the Lubbock us, area. Us, that's Austin. Austin area. The well, youth of the all, whatever they are, wherever those youth are, we I want are, to help them. We are still accepting checks, okay, and, and sponsorships. So come on, bring it on. We'll take your money. Oh, what could I sponsor? Oh, look on there. Look, click on the link. What do you have for fifty bucks? Uh. Give it to me. I'll, I'll, tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you later. You give it to me. We'll find something. It's for what, the kids, man. What's in the goodie bag if you participate in the project? I have Jones no Classic? idea, but it's usually a lot of good stuff. Who's in charge of these things? Um, my folks over at the Boys and Girls Club in Austin. So they're just using your name? No, I participate. Shouldn't you be there packing bags and uh, cellophane and I'm tying here, ribbons? I'm here with and- you, so I can't. When do you go to Austin to finalize preparation? I for go the Brian to Austin a week from today. Okay. And the event is Wednesday. Gio and Jones should broadcast from the Brian Jones I, I, Classic. I, I would agree. Yeah. But it's not a full blown golf tournament anymore. We just hang out at Top Golf, which, if you've ever gone to a Top Golf, it doesn't seem like you have. Mike's, be looking. Yeah. Mike's Thank asked you. me, and I've said no more than once. Yeah. Is there one in this area? Edison, New Jersey. How far is that from, from us? You know, thirty to forty minutes. Oh, it's not bad. You should check it out. It's a yeah. cool venue, I've heard, man. I've heard. It's driving rain. It's Go club, lounge, restaurant, all that good stuff. It's cool. I may have to make a trip to Edison. I think I'm gonna stick around this weekend. Maybe I'll go to Edison. Do some you guys all golf. wanna meet up there? Let's, let's meet at Edison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be on vacation this weekend. Oh, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Nick yeah. Faldo and to Eric Coleman for joining us today. Those interviews mm-hmm. at geoandjones.com slash audio. Yeah, for Chauncey and Pocket Nuwa, Rocket. Jordan Smith and Pocket Rockets and reality TV star Darwin Zook, ah. as well as Mikey B and Petey B and Brian. I'm Andrew. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow back here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 